It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey there, this podcast has been around for over four years now. Four years, that is so crazy to me. But the thing about four years worth of content is I know that there's been some really, really good episodes that sometimes you might have missed because let's be real, who is actually searching all the way back to the beginning? If you are, I give you a gold star. That's incredible. But for a lot of people, we kind of miss some of these, these episodes and a lot of them are gold. So I wanted to revisit a topic that is so pertinent to our finances, all about money mindset. Specifically, if you have a keeping or receiving block. So let's go ahead and dive into this encore episode all about money mindset. I hope you enjoy it. I know for a lot of people mindset, when we hear that word, we immediately think it's so woo woo. I mean, I used to be this person when somebody was like, oh, you just have to work on your mindset. I'm like, oh, give me some tactics, man. Like I need some tangible stuff. And I have since changed, but I'm still a very much a fan of tangible action. So because of that, this episode is going to be very much a tangible thing. It's going to give you guys some exercises that you can immediately go through to start to better your own money mindset and your mindset all across the board. Now, when I say mindset, we usually are thinking it's maybe it's your money mindset or maybe it's your the way you feel about yourself. But honestly, if you practice these exercises and you go through these and you take them very seriously... This is going to impact every single area of your life, not just your finances. It's not, I mean, a lot of times we think we can just focus on one area. I see this a lot in fitness too. I used to think, can't I just spot train? Like if I want a six pack, can't I just work on my abs to get a six pack? And that's not the way it works, right? You have to work on your entire body. You have to lose weight. You have to lose body fat. That's the only way that you can actually get your abs to show is by working on your entire body. And the same thing is true for even our finances. We can't just focus on our finances. We have to focus on the bigger picture. It all goes together. Relationships, money, fitness, money, like everything comes together. It all comes full circle. And that's why mindset is so important. So one of the things that I see most frequently is the way that our mindset shows up. So I deal with a ton of people, which is a blessing and a curse sometimes, So I get the chance to really get to unpack some of this stuff and see where is this mindset stuff showing up. And honestly, the places that I find it showing up the most is the way we ask questions. The way if you send me an email and you ask me a financial question, I can almost immediately tell you what your money mindset is. I can tell because it's the way we ask questions. Sometimes it's like we ask a question, but we're saying, but that won't work for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? I've been in that situation before too, where I'm like, hey, how did you grow this company without having a ton of money? 
inherently what I'm saying is, how did you grow this company? I don't have a ton of money either, so I'm not going to make it work. Like we're, we're already putting our biases in that question. So the way we ask questions is where our money mindset shows up. The next piece is what we believe is possible for our own lives. And I think this is the most depressing because sometimes we don't necessarily feel like we have a lot of control over what we believe is possible for our own lives. Maybe you grew up in a really crappy situation and you're, you've never seen proof that somebody from your similar situation can actually kick ass in life and achieve really amazing things. So sometimes it's not necessarily your fault up until it is your fault at a certain point. We'll talk about that for sure. But a lot of times it's because we just haven't seen it modeled to us. We haven't seen that we can do better for our lives. We haven't seen anybody manage money in an appropriate way. We watch TV and when we watch TV, all we see is the mom went and spent money again and oh dang it, the dad has to go back to work. And it's so ridiculous on how ingrained society gives us money beliefs. It's like it's so embedded in every little thing that we do and every little thing that we think. And so it's not necessarily your fault. But after today, you've got to take some ownership. So we'll talk about that for sure. The next place that I see mindset showing up is how we feel about people that are kicking butt in life. How do we feel about successful people? I've had plenty of conversations with some of my relatives. And one of the things that we were talking about was how it's so unfair how people that are super, super wealthy or had a lot of money, it's just so unfair that they have that much money because it's taken away from everybody else. And that's a that's a mindset issue. It's not an economic issue. Economically, we know there's a plenty to go around. It's not a fixed income economy. We don't work that way. And so that's one of the things that I think is so fascinating is what how we feel about really successful people is a direct reflection of how our mindset is structured currently. The other way our mindset shows up, for better or worse, it's the results that we currently have. It's exactly, if you look around your life, Everything that you have in your life, you created. And that's kind of cool, right? Like I look around my house right now and I see my my home that I'm living in. I'm recording in my home office and I bought this house. Like this is me. This is my direct, this is exactly what I created. I made this a reality because I was willing to put myself out there and take that financial risk to buy a home. I look into my backyard. My backyard is exactly what I designed it to be. Is it perfect? By all means, no. I need to get my sprinkler system fixed. I don't know what the heck's going on. But this is still, it's something that I created. My business, the fact that I get to work from home, I made this. These are my results. But I also have to take ownership for all the crappy things too. I'm looking around right now and I'm seeing a little bit of clutter. So obviously I didn't finish my Marie Kondo method. (laughs) So I need to go back to that. But all of the negative things too. I have a, a board in my office where I track my revenue and I can just see my numbers. That revenue amount, that's also on me. If I have a down month, that's on me too. That's my results. And so these are the main places where I see our money mindset shows up. So the thing to keep in mind is truly, guys, it's impossible to get ahead in life if you don't work on your mindset. Everything comes down to mindset because mindset is your thoughts and your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings create your actions. Your actions create your results. It all ties together. And so it's so important that you work on that mindset and your thought process because that's going to directly achieve your results and what your life looks like today. Here's something that I think is really kind of crazy. You are either going to repeat your behavior 
or you're going to evolve from it. You have two choices there. You can repeat the exact same cycle over and over and over again, or you have a choice. You can choose to evolve from it. So that's really empowering for a lot of people. And if you are trying to remind yourself of that, literally write it on a sticky note, put it on your computer, put it on your fridge, put it in your car, make it your desktop screensaver, do whatever you have to do to remind yourself that you are going to repeat your behavior or evolve from it. And that is your choice. So let's talk a little bit more about where does mindset come from? This is such a weird thing because, I mean, like psychology 101, guys, everything comes down to our parents. (laughs) I hate to say that. Our parents, they do the best that they can. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, any successes or failures that we have or beliefs that we have, sometimes it comes from our parents, which is so crazy. And that gives, I mean, a lot of pressure. I don't have kids. So Tony and I were talking about this. I'm like, I'm kind of afraid to have kids because I don't want to mess them up. Like, man, everything comes down to parenting. And it's so, so nuts. So what we're taught as a kid is typically what we continue forward in our lives. That's we usually repeat patterns or we learn from them. So it comes back to that. Do you repeat what your parents taught you or do you evolve from that? I chose to evolve from that. My parents were not a great example of a good relationship, a healthy relationship. It was abusive. It was a lot of drug addiction. And so for me, I had a choice. Do I repeat that pattern, which I could have done, or do I choose that I don't want to do that. I want to evolve from that. I want to learn from this and make my own personal life better. We have that choice, but usually it comes down to childhood. What were you taught as a kid? There's a really, really great book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. I highly recommend it. I think it should be also required reading for life. That one is so, so good. And one of the things that Dr. Dweck mentions is there's two different types of mindsets typically. We have a fixed mindset and we have a growth mindset. Now, a fixed mindset, this is fascinating to me. So if you grew up in a family where your family always told you, oh my gosh, you're so smart. You are just so beautiful. You are so whatever physical quality. That is what you start to associate your identity with. Oh, I'm a smart person. I'm a naturally beautiful person. I am so intelligent. If you get praised for things that you can't control, I mean, hypothetically, if you're told all the time that you're so smart and then you fail a test, you're immediately going to be faced with an identity crisis. All your life you were told you were smart and now all of a sudden you have proof that says otherwise. You failed the test. And so that's where this stuff comes from. Mindset is important. A fixed mindset means that basically when you're faced with a challenge, when you're faced with something that that changes or challenges your identity, you have a choice to either like focus on it and say, yeah, I'm going to fix this stuff or retreat. And if you have a fixed mindset, you typically retreat. Now, a growth mindset is very different. So a growth mindset is imagine that same kid that grows up, instead of being told that they are smart over and over and over again, they are instead told, hey, you worked so hard for that. I'm so, so proud of you. You put in a lot of energy. I'm proud of you. Good job. Nice work. You put in a lot of effort. When we praise effort versus natural abilities, we start to develop a growth mindset. A growth mindset meaning we don't retreat when we see problems or challenges. We immediately face them head on and figure out a way, how do I solve this problem instead of how do I get away from this problem? So it's a very subtle difference, but it's very important. And that does come directly from childhood. How were you trained? How were you praised? Was it effort or was it natural abilities? And so I highly recommend that book because I think it's really interesting. Now, of course, I'm joking and saying that our parents messed us up. I mean, partially true for sure, but we can only use that as an excuse for so long. 
right? We can't use that as an excuse. If you're a 40-year-old and you're still talking about, oh, my parents totally messed me up, that's on you, man. That's on you. It's no longer a parent thing. It's it's a you thing. It, part of adulthood is being able to pinpoint what were we taught as a kid? Do we believe those beliefs? Do we challenge those beliefs? And do we want to let those beliefs hold us back? That's a choice. That is definitely a choice. So as a whole, we find ourselves um, in two different scenarios. Someone either trained us or we had enough bad stuff happen that this became our new belief. That's where we get our mindset from. Someone trained us, parents, teachers, friends, I mean, fill in the blank, or we had enough stuff happen in our life that says, oh, I should be careful of this. So that becomes your new belief. All right. So here's the thing that I think is so interesting. All of this mindset stuff, we've talked a little bit about where does it actually come from. Now we can talk about two of the blocks that I see in our finances that actually directly impact your results. Okay. So let's talk about these. At the end of the day, it all stems down to two things. Do you have a receiving block or do you have a keeping block? Now, a receiving block, what I find is if you have a really hard time receiving money and you just feel like, oh my gosh, it's hard to ask for money. I'm never really paid what I'm worth. I'm not getting paid what I should be paid at work. I don't need money to be happy. It's too expensive. If you say any of these things, or especially I'm not worthy of this much money, I don't deserve this much. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is a receiving block completely. It usually stems from what I find self-worth issues. So here's the thing. If you have a receiving block, you're not going to show up confidently in any of your situations. You're not going to take risks in your career. So you're probably not going to be making as much money because you're not putting yourself out there because you have a block with receiving money. You don't feel like you're worthy of money. So that's a really tricky one. The other tricky part of that same thing is if you are taught as a kid, hey, you really should not be asking for more money. That's selfish or more money, more more problems. We hear that all the time. And it's so interesting because we have this so ingrained in our mindset. And most of the time, and until you get aware of it, you don't even know this is working on the back end. That's the dangerous piece. We have no idea what our mindset is actually telling us day in and day out until you stop and you pause and you ask yourself, why do I believe this? Why am I saying this? What's wrong with me applying for this job that I feel like I'm unqualified for? So what? Other people do it and they can get the job. So if you have a receiving block, you're not going to show up as your best self in your workplace. You're just not. You also might feel like people who have money aren't happy. I hear this one a lot. And really what you're telling yourself is if people who have money are truly unhappy, why the hell would I ever want to have a ton of money? That's a guaranteed route to being unhappy. If you believe that, then no, you're not going to chase more money. You don't want to be unhappy. It just doesn't make any sense, right? But that's not the case. This is not the case at all. There's plenty, plenty of case studies from people that are incredibly happy. And science actually says up to about $75,000 will actually impact your happiness. Anything above the $75,000, it's a smaller amount, a smaller impact. It's not necessarily no impact, but it's not as much as getting to that $75,000 mark. Now that's science. That's what it says. So it's obvious to us as we talk about it, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a bit of a better money mindset than most people that I see because you're trying to educate yourself and you're trying to better your own financial life. That makes sense. But a lot of times if you find yourself saying, I don't want more money, this is a, like true story, you guys. I had a friend one time that was on government subsidized childcare because she couldn't afford very much. And she was legitimately running a calculation to see 
how much money can I make before that government subsidized childcare goes away? She was to this point where she was like almost to the edge of making enough money that she wouldn't qualify for that program. And she seriously stopped herself from making more money so that she would qualify from that for that program. That is a total, total mindset issue. And it's a total, I mean, potentially ethical issue. I'm not sure however you want to view it. But that's a problem. When you're directly limiting your own earning potential because of a program that's a government subsidized program and you're holding yourself back, you're self-sabotaging, that is potentially a receiving block. And it comes down to your own mindset. So you have to start to change that a little bit more. Now, the next money block that I often see is a keeping block. So this shows up in these ways. I have the hardest time holding on to my money. It just feels like there's a hole in my pocket. Have you ever said that? I'm great at earning money, but I suck at managing it. Keeping blocks are really interesting to me because they're stem from a deep-rooted belief that money won't last forever. And when you feel like money won't last forever, you have this mindset of, I better enjoy it while I have it. It could all go away tomorrow. So it's a really, really tricky one. And I also find that a lot of times keeping blocks, if you have a really hard time keeping money, it stems from a lot of self-esteem issues and feelings that in order to be accepted by society, we actually have to spend money on things that society praises. Now, you're not directly saying this. Like when you go purchase a new car, you're not directly saying, oh, I have to have this type of car or society won't accept me. Like, no, it doesn't show up that way. But it does subtly because what we're saying is if I have an older car, then I might be judged for putting my kids in an older car that is quote unquote unreliable. Like there's so many different ways this shows up. That's just one example. But I encourage you, if you do feel like you're having a really hard time keeping money, looking at the ways of how are you trying to impress society? You have to do a lot of digging here, but I'll give you an example of how when I started to do this dig for myself, I, this, and if I'm being really honest, I'm going to just give it to you straight. This is exactly what I noticed. So when I was feeling either not pretty enough, not skinny enough, like I'm not making enough money, I'm just not enough. Like it's that feeling of not being enough. What I noticed for myself, my natural tendency is to go shop. I want to go buy clothes because if I buy clothes, that directly impacts my outer appearance, my outer appearance, the way I show up in society. And that temporarily makes me feel like I have control and makes me feel better. I know that sounds so ridiculous. I get it. And if I were to actually like think about this and just talk with somebody and somebody asked me this, like, well, who are you trying to impress in society? I'd be like, nobody. I'm trying to, I'm doing this for me. I want to look better because I just want to feel better. But dig deeper. Who are you actually trying to impress? What is it about society standards that are making you make some financial decisions differently? Is it the house? You're a doctor now and you feel like I have to have this certain quality of life because this is the society norm. I'm, I have to have a really nice house and a really nice car to show my, my to flaunt my success. Thankfully, in the financial world, this is starting to change, especially with the fire movement. But it's still very common. Like we're kind of, yes, we're money nerds, but the outside world very much thinks this way still. And so we disguise it as saying, no, this is what I want. But really, at the end of the day, why do you want that? If society said that used cars were even better and new cars were like a giant joke, you probably would have a different belief. So just be aware that there's a lot of influences that impact our day-to-day -day living. And just because you think you're making a decision based off of what you want, if you do some digging, you can almost always find that there's something else driving that decision. It's not always necessarily you. In most cases, it's society. 
So that's a little bit about the keeping blocks. Now, one of the things that I find too is a lot of people, and especially coaching clients that I work with, the most people that have that keeping block, they're dealing with some issues of control. I mean, raise your hand if you're a control freak. This is totally me too. And I notice that feeling of control tremendously when they're not necessarily feeling good about their life. They're trying to pay off debt. They feel like they're on a restricted budget. They feel like that sucks. So I'm going to express a little bit of control over my life by going out to eat, even though it wasn't in my budget. Because it makes you feel like you're empowered. You have control. You're the driver. And that's true of both cases. Sticking to your budget, you're still the driver. Spending money, yes, you're still the driver. But at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to express control over is I want to control my life. I want to be the shot caller. And it sounds so weird, but that's kind of the way that mindset shows up. And if you're not quite sure, do you have a keeping block or a receiving block when it comes to money? The best thing you can do is just look at the way you handle money. Look at your spending habits. Your spending habits tell you so, so much more than probably you even want to (laughs) know. But that's directly how you can see what your money mindset is. Are you spending money like crazy? Are you hoarding money like crazy? Are you having issues with receiving money when somebody gives you a paycheck, a bonus, whatever it is? Do you immediately say, oh man, I don't deserve this? Or do you feel like, heck yes, I'm going to go spend this? What is your mindset there? Get very, very clear on that. Because once you have an idea of what your mindset is, now we can start to change it. So let's go through some exercises on how you can actually change your money mindset. The first thing you've got to do if you want to better your mindset and better your life in general, if you want to evolve instead of repeat, you have to own your life. This became very apparent to me when I read the book, Extreme Ownership. Now, I'm going to be real honest. This book was very difficult for me to wrap my mind around at first. It took a little while. I had to go through it a couple of times for me to truly understand what they were saying, and if I actually agreed with what they're saying. But it makes a lot of sense. So just know you have to go through this book a little bit in order to start to see where they're coming from. But basically, in extreme ownership, what it talks about is taking full responsibility for your life. I mean full responsibility. And this is really tricky for a lot of people, especially if you had a really crappy childhood or you had a very unfortunate medical illness or something comes up that's out of your control or seems to be out of your control. This book really does challenge that. And it's it's a little hard. I'm not going to lie. It's really difficult. But if you can wrap your mind around extreme ownership and saying that everything that's happened in your life is directly because of your actions... It starts to really empower you to make better decisions about your life. Yes, your childhood caused a lot of issues, but you're not a child anymore. You're a grown-ass adult, and you've got to start taking ownership. Your parents might have taught you the crappiest things about money. Your relationships might have been terrible, but at the end of the day, this is on you. No one is going to fix your life but you. If you want a better financial life, you have to own every little piece of your life. You have to start to recognize that your actions matter and your actions matter a lot. And if you don't start to change them and take ownership over what your financial life looks like today, this is on you, you guys. And I don't want you to feel bad about this. I want you to feel more empowered by it because just because you're taking ownership for your life doesn't mean that you suck. There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is saying, I messed up. Shame is saying, I suck. It's totally different. So don't go to a shameful place. Do this out of a place where you can start to say, yeah, I made some mistakes. 
but you know what? I'm fessing up to it. I'm owning my life and I'm going to start to change it. That's a much, much more empowering way to go versus I messed up in my past. I suck. I'm never going to do any, I can't do anything right. I'm never going to fix this. I'm just a terrible person. It's a very different way of approaching issues. And it's the same exact issue. We're just approaching it from two different angles. So at the end of the day, if you want to change your mindset, you have to own your life. Now, the next thing that we need to do if we want to change our mindset is practice intentionality. Now, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Be a person that is completely of your word. Whatever you say you're going to do, make it happen. What usually trips us up is that we say we want to pay off debt. We say we're all in on that goal. And then we go spend money on Amazon or at Target. <laughs> Have you ever been guilty of this? This, I, I mean, I'm totally guilty of this sometimes. This was stuff that we didn't really need, right? Of course, we didn't need it. So we feel guilty about it. We feel like, oh, man, I shouldn't have bought that stuff. We could have put that money towards our biggest financial goal. I could have been using that money to pay off debt. If I would have controlled all of this stuff, maybe I'd be debt-free by now. Now, keep in mind that this isn't necessarily a mindset issue. It's a commitment issue, which sometimes comes down to mindset for sure. But I honestly believe that in general, when we talk about mindset, we tend to have a, I mean, we just try to like make everything so meaningful. I find this with dreams too. It's like anytime you have a dream, you're like, what did that mean? But I was in my childhood bedroom. What does this mean? You know, it's like, okay, sure. But sometimes it's like, there's no hidden meaning. You just have a commitment issue and that's okay. You just have to practice a little bit more discipline. You have to build up that habit. It's not always about making everything mean something. So being intentional and practicing intentionality means if you say you're going to commit to something, if you set a goal, you commit to it fully. That's not a mindset issue. That's a discipline issue. Just go out there and stick to your damn plan. <laughs> I get a little frustrated about this stuff because I see so many people say they want a better financial life and they're like, oh, I just want to, I want to expand my family. I want to have kids. And I feel like I need to pay off this debt before I can do that. But yet they're like sabotaging their life by making silly decisions that aren't part of their plan because they can't control their actions. You're a grown-ass adult. Control your actions. I mean, I don't know if that's going to help you or make it worse. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, it's like, this is your plan. This is your life. You have to own up to it. You have to be intentional because nobody else is going to do this for you. It's totally on you. So make your plan. Stick to your plan. Train yourself that you are a person that does follow through. And when you start to follow through, you start to feel so much better about your life and you start to feel better about your self-esteem in general. Because you know you are a person that can commit to a goal and achieve that goal all the way through. So try to become a little bit more intentional. Now, the next way that we can start to change our mindset is getting very clear on self-talk. Self-talk is one of those things that's working in our brain 24-7. We don't always recognize it either. That's the dangerous piece. But you can start to recognize it. So I want to know, what do you say to yourself on a daily basis? How often are you talking smack about yourself? Track this for the next three days. If you feel like you want to, go for like a solid week. But usually three days is enough to give us some good data points. And every single time you find yourself saying mean things to yourself, or just negative self-talk in general. Make a little note on a piece of paper. Just track it. Note it down. Don't judge yourself. Just write it down. Move on with your day. And at the end of three days, you have a very clear picture of how often you're practicing negative self-talk. It's really incredible. It really is. When you start to see how often we say bad things about ourselves, you can start to see 
why maybe you don't believe certain things or why you don't feel like things are possible for you or why you have self-esteem issues. It's probably because you're nitpicking yourself all day long. So get very clear on your self-talk by tracking it for the next three days. Now, the last thing that I love, love, love when it comes to changing your mindset is to separate facts versus thoughts. So I was listening to a really great podcast and forgive my French, it's called Unfuck Your Brain. And the host, Kara, encouraged listeners to separate our thoughts from our facts. So for example, let's say you make $45,000 a year. The fact is you make $45,000 per year. That's a fact. We can't argue with that, right? You make 45 grand. Cool. Your thought might be, I don't make enough money. That's a thought. That's your belief because somebody else could look at $45,000 and say, oh my God, I feel like I'm really making it. I'm killing it. So that is just a thought. And the exercise is really helpful to see if you're making financial life more difficult by focusing on the thoughts or by the facts. The fact is the fact. The thought is the thought. The thought is what you can change. You can also change the fact, of course, too, but your thoughts are what's really complicating your financial life. You have debt. Great. Okay. That's a fact. How do you pay off your debt? You can start to detail a plan, but when your emotions get involved and your thoughts get involved, that's where it gets really tricky. So I encourage you to separate your facts versus your thoughts and just start to become more aware of that. This exercise is really helpful because it helps you see if you are making your financial life more difficult by putting those thoughts into it. And spoiler alert, we all do this. We're all guilty of it. So start to become aware and start to separate the two different pieces. What's a fact? What's a thought? And what does that mean for me? So I hope this has been helpful. I know that it can be really confusing on trying to figure out how do I change my mindset? What is my mindset? And ultimately, this is just a few exercises that you can go through to help you change and cultivate a more positive mindset when it comes to money. But at the end of the day, as I kind of mentioned earlier, please do not get so caught up into like, I have to know exactly what my mindset is and go through all of these exercises in order to make financial results. Sometimes I feel like the best way to change your mindset is just simply by taking action and proving to yourself that you can do something. So when you don't believe that you can earn six figures, when you finally do earn six figures, you start to change that belief. Your beliefs start to shift a little bit more. So it's not always about like finding out all these little nuances and trying to learn all the ins and outs of your mindset and trying to make everything mean so much. I think it's important. Don't get me wrong. I don't discredit this industry at all. I think mindset work is incredible. But at the end of the day, don't get so caught up on this stuff, guys. You either have a good mindset or you have a negative mindset. And becoming aware of it is truly the key to changing most of it. So I hope this has been helpful. If you're trying if you're trying to better your own mindset, there's lots of different podcasts and there's lots of different blogs out there that can help you with this. One of the best ones that I have found is, as I mentioned, Unfuck Your Brain. That one's super good. The Life Coach School is another really great one. And if you're looking for just some no BS advice, Mel Robbins is my go-to. Like, I want to be her when I grow up. She's so incredible. So she has a new book called Take Control of Your Life, which talks a lot about what we mentioned today, too, about how things show up and how you can start to just become aware of what all this means for your own life. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave a review. And if you did not enjoy this episode, forget that it happened. (laughs) I will talk to you guys next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.